millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Papua New Guinea's women's cricketers keep their World Cup hopes alive. The draw for next year's Rugby League World Cup is revealed. And Pacific Oceania avoid relegation in the Davis Cup. But first, we continue our countdown to the Rio Olympics. Tonga's National Olympic Committee says it's yet to receive any financial support from the government towards their athletes competing in Brazil. Tonga will send seven athletes to the 2016 event in swimming, athletics, archery and taekwondo. I spoke with the Interim Secretary-General and CEO for Tonga's National Olympic Committee, Taketoa Tsamoipia, about the country's preparations for Rio. We just uh, received... Um confirmation of two uh, universality places for swimming, uh, together with the two uh, romantic wildcard entries in athletics, that's a total of four. We also have uh, Peter Taufatofua in uh, men's uh, plus 80 kg taekwondo qualified, so as uh, Caroline uh, Tatafu in um, women's archery. We are now just awaiting a confirmation from IOC and FITA of the place for the men's archer because we held the um, Oceania Archery Championship here in Nukualofa in around March, which was a qualification event. And Tonga won two places. We can't wait to go out there and uh, show our colors. I know we are always regarded as a small uh, island nation, a small NOCs, but as you know, in sports, anything can happen. So uh, the preparation has been going well. Even though there's been some difficulty in uh, sorting out uh, funding and uh, financial assistance, but uh, the community has been uh, picking up and uh, supporting, uh, you know, uh, various individual um, fundraising for our qualified athletes. So, if you get that second archer, that would be seven athletes. I think you only had three in London four years ago, so quite a jump. It just showed that uh, there's a, there's a lot of work that uh, need to be done between the uh, national federation, who's responsible for the athletes, together with the National Olympic Committee, which is Tasanok. And I'm sure with new quadrennial uh, coming up and uh, perhaps uh, a lot of work and, and planning uh, needs to be put in. And uh, hopefully comes uh, Tokyo, we'll have uh, not necessarily a larger team, but uh, perhaps a better quality team. How confident are you of your athletes being competitive in Rio? Um, Peter Tafo, Tafo, you mentioned him. He believes that he has a chance at winning a medal when we spoke to him after his qualification uh, he was also a bit disappointed that I think Tassanok didn't have money or the government didn't have some money to help his preparations and felt that that would have helped him. But um, do you think you can have Tongan athletes doing particularly well at these games? I'm always on uh, the positive side, really, and, um, and, and we are fully behind uh, Peter. Uh, unfortunately, there was some uh, issue within our Tassanok, and uh, we have resolved it. And then um, now we, we can't just we can't look back. Eh? We have to go forward, look ahead. And we have sourced out what we could have um, got for Peter to assist him with his uh, preparation. 
I know um, he, he has uh, quite a huge budget, but that's what you need in order to compete at this level. We've done our part, and uh, what, and we are we're still uh, sorting out and, and, and trying to source out some some more funding for him. But in terms of his competition and, and uh, chance, I think uh, anything can happen, uh, and especially at that level, at, at that weight division. Eh? We are very um, optimistic, if you put it that way. What is the funding situation for Tassinok and Rio? I mean, do you get a certain allocation from the government? Uh, you mentioned you're trying to source some more funding. Where's that coming from? Obviously, the IOC and the Rio 2016 cover um, a lot of the fund, particularly for travel. And uh, we have uh, requested government uh, for some assistance, so um, they are re looking at it again. Since the last time we, we had um, some financial assistance towards the uh, 2016 Pacific Games in, in Papua New Guinea. We're also uh, talking to uh, IOC and ONOC for some um, remaining fund that we can access. And uh, we have been identified, uh, not a lot, but uh, we still have some, some to help with our athletes who have uh, qualified. But just considering the fact that obviously the games start in about you know three weeks' time, I mean... There's not much time left for preparation, so if athletes don't have funding to help them now already, then you know what help could it really do? They fork out, I think, some from their own, but at the same time, uh, we're just trying to encourage them that um, because this is a new executive uh, uh, board and uh, they are very proactive in, in uh, assisting, particularly the games for the games. Eh? Uh, we we have put aside uh, some of our programs and uh, try to plowing those um, extra funds just to help towards the, uh, the athletes. When you say that the last time you asked for extra funding was for the Pacific Games last year in PNG, does that mean that the government hasn't offered any funding to Tassinok specifically for the Olympics, or they have and you just haven't asked for any that's, extra? That's correct. That's correct. Um, since now we've just uh, started the uh, new financial reform, government, I think there's still some tidying up to do. And um, But so far... Um, they haven't given us, but uh, I, I think I just uh, learned in the grapevine that probably they will re- reconsider uh, their decision. Uh, because we tabled a, a letter of uh, application of request a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't uh, approved, but um, I think they, they would like to, to look at it again. Because this is, this is not just for the athletes, this is for Tonga. These athletes, when they do well, it's not Peter or, or, or Caroline or, or John or, or Tom, Dick and Harry. It's the country, it's Tonga. So uh, I'm sure that the uh, government will, will be forthcoming and uh, support you. Sourcing money, has it been challenging in the context of obviously the country's trying to make sure it can afford and um, you know deliver these Pacific Games in 2019 as well? So that's a huge financial commitment um, and organisational commitment for Tassinok, for the organising committee, uh, for the government, for the country. Uh, and, and then, of course, earlier this year there were the issues with the IOC and ONOC as well, which you know I understand have been reasonably resolved um you know there was that point where it looked like maybe tonga wouldn't be able to compete at the olympics um you know and the constitutional changes obviously happened there so has all that made this a little bit more challenging anything to do with money is always challenging uh, and especially when uh, we were not quite in a in a, in a good uh, position as far as the last four years we're bearing up to rio so um i think uh, with the new uh Saturday board uh, coming in and uh a lot of uh, tidying up to do. Um, I think we will, will look good, not only for for the next four years, but also uh, going forward to hosting the, the Games here in 2019. That's the Interim Secretary-General and CEO for Tonga's National Olympic Committee, Takitoa Tamoipia.
Papua New Guinea have won the East Asia Pacific Women's Cricket World Cup qualifier with a game to spare. The Lewis beat Samoa by three wickets on Tuesday, reaching their target of 96 runs with more than 11 overs to spare. Coach Rodney Maha was a very happy man after the match. We planned this uh, for a long time and I was really looking forward to making sure that we won three games. And uh, after yesterday's game, uh, really uh, satisfying. Uh, well, we've been training so hard, so it was really satisfying yesterday, yeah. What do you sort of make of the performance of your team? Uh, obviously in the first game against Samoa, it was pretty clinical. Uh, you got them out cheaply and, and got to your target. Um, J- Japan, uh, similar, uh, you know, pretty comprehensive win, whereas this time around... Uh, you struggled a bit with the bat in that run chase. I think you were six down for 69 or something, chasing the, the 95, 96 to win. So in a bit of trouble there, but they found their way out of it. We have a lot of work to do with our betting. Uh, it's probably to, mostly to do with uh, nerves more than anything. But Because um, yesterday we probably had uh, lost three unnecessary wickets. That, that was... Uh, I'm talking about the run-outs. We have a lot of work to do with our betting, and we're going to make sure that we um, sort that out with the time we have before we have our next game tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, now you've got this one game against Japan, so, I mean, technically there's no pressure on you because you've already won the tournament, but uh, a chance, as you say, I guess, to, to work on some of the areas that you still want to improve on. Betting is the most, probably, has been the most problem in, and also probably our openness, we haven't um, had a good combination yet, so we, I'm trying to uh, find a new combination to give us a good start uh, tomorrow, yeah. You expect to make a few changes then? It won't mean anything in the end, uh, um, because we've already got what we came here to uh, achieve. But it will be a good time to uh, test some of the other players whom we haven't, uh, who were not in the 11 yesterday. And uh, I think... One of the important uh, areas we need to work on is trying to get a good start and maintain it, yeah. And uh, Rodney, you know, we talked at the start of the tournament about last year at the Pacific Games and losing that final. So to beat Samoa on their home uh, turf and and to do it twice, that must be satisfying as well because this obviously reaffirms that, you know, Papua New Guinea are the dominant team in the East Asia Pacific region. Definitely, definitely. Um, We really expected something. Samoa to be uh, very tough here, but because some of their players are not, not playing here, who, are play, who, who played in the past three games, so we didn't expect them to play the way they did. Uh, probably the first game they stipulated uh, too early, but uh, we tried to sort out some of the areas that we, we failed in uh, when we lost that gold medal. I think the Samoans also played really well, uh, considering the, the very low score that we had to chase down. That's the PNG women's cricket coach, Rodney Maha. Papua New Guinea will host matches against the United States and two European qualifiers in Port Moresby during next year's Rugby League World Cup. The official draw was announced on Tuesday with the Cornwall's home games to be played at the refurbished National Football Stadium. PNG are in Pool C with the two yet-to-be-determined European qualifiers. Samoa and Tonga are in Pool B alongside New Zealand and Scotland, with Fiji, USA and a third European side making up Pool D. The Kumuls captain, David Mead, says the whole squad can't wait to run out in front of their home supporters. Yeah, for sure. It'll be different for you know us playing uh, the European sides, but it'll be even more different for the other teams going into Port Moresby and experiencing 
what rugby league is like over there. Uh, the people are very passionate and love their rugby league, so you know they'll be supporting us. But they'll also be pretty excited to see the other nations coming into the country, and you know I'm sure they will welcome every team with um, both arms. Even for the national team, uh, I know there's the annual match against the Prime Minister's 13 that a PNG side plays, but you know there haven't been many home test matches in PNG uh, for a number of years. So for yourselves to actually be, you know, getting to represent your country in your country and obviously in front of what is no doubt going to be sold out crowds is uh, special as well. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a very proud moment for a lot of the players playing there and um, also their families over there and to be able to represent their country on the in, on the highest stage and at the World Cup and especially on their home soil is even more special so you know for every player it's going to be a big moment for them and um, the country's going to be very very excited to um, host a number of games and uh, David you obviously were a part of that World Cup team uh, at the previous tournament uh, obviously that wasn't so successful on the field for the Kumuls a lot's happened since then uh, a new coach, um, you know, you're there and as captain now. Uh, some new players, obviously a big result in the Pacific Test against uh, Fiji back in May. So there seems to be a really good vibe, a good sort of feeling about rugby league in Papua New Guinea with things like the Hunters happening. Obviously there was nines played at the Pacific Games last year as well. So there's a lot happening. A lot has happened since that uh, last World Cup. The Hunters came into the competition. I think they've done a terrific job uh, being able to help players get signed into the NRL and a couple in the Super League. Uh, that's been very successful for them and they still continue to aspire to do things um, to help players get to the top countries. Um, and obviously the test match against BG earlier this year was pretty successful. Uh, Michael and uh, Michael Marim, our coach, brought in a, a new staff and you know they're, they're former players in Marcus Fire, Johnny Wilshire and David Wesley who's um, won a competition in the NRL in the 90s. So uh, we've had, we have had a fair few um, new faces in camp um, since 2013. Uh, it, it has been pretty good um, having those guys around who have been there and done it before. So, um, yeah, hopefully moving forward, uh, we still keep the um, pretty similar squad and uh, more experienced players um, playing NRL. And you know, I'm sure if we bring those guys in to camp next year, uh, we'll do pretty well. As someone yourself who is still pretty young, really, in the grand scheme of things, but... You're obviously a leader in the PNG team as, as captain, as you know, one of the players that plays in the NRL as well. So, you know, how do you sort of deal with that responsibility to, you know, lead what is, you know, a country that you know loves rugby league more than any other? How do you deal with that sort of pressure on your shoulders? I think for me personally, it's uh, going out and trying to improve every week um, for the Gold Coast Titans first and foremost. Um, you know, letting my actions do majority of the talking. Um, getting out there and um, improving, um, obviously, our training, as I said, um, and getting the other NRL players who are in the squad for next year, you know, get them to come out of their shells a bit. We've got guys like Nene McDonald, who plays on the wing for the Titans, um, pretty quiet for the Titans, but whenever he plays with PNG, um, we ask him to, you know, get out of his comfort zone and speak up a bit so, because the other guys look up to him. So, uh, those, those are some ways I'll be, you know, dealing with the pressure, so to speak, of um, you know, being captain and, um, and and representing the country. And uh, and there's always um, a, lo a lot of talk, especially around that May period and the World Cups about the haves and the have-nots, uh, New Zealand, Australia, etc. And, and obviously the Pacific countries don't always have things uh, easier on the international stage, You know, things like the Semi-Rindrandra 
um, you know, switching to the kangaroos and whatnot. But you've obviously made the choice to uh, commit yourself to the Kumuls, and a number of players have done that uh, in recent years as well for the likes of Toa Samoa. Uh, you know, where do you view the importance of the Pacific Nations uh, in International Rugby League and having a strong uh, international, um, you know, setup? You know, something that hasn't always been the case in recent years. First and foremost, uh, you know, the countries themselves are taking the responsibility and, um, you know, making sure they, you know, help the players and you know, understand and want to play for their country and they help them set up better financially. Obviously, Australia, New Zealand and England, um, their players are very well looked after. So for, you know, players, you know, it's like Tonga and Samoa, you know, you know guys want to play for those countries, you know, but, um, you know, for the their boards and, you know, the people running the rugby league, you know, I think they've got a um, a lot to work on and to improve um, the situation so that the players do actually want to play international rugby league and, you know, not just want to play for Australia and New Zealand and England. That's the PNG Rugby League captain, David Mead. The Pacific Oceania tennis team have staved off relegation in the Davis Cup following an emphatic victory against Singapore in Tehran. The men's number one Heve Kale from Tahiti opened proceedings with a straight sets victory against Shahid Alam in the opening singles rubber before Fiji's William O'Connell did the same against Roy Hobbs to clinch his first Davis Cup singles win and ensure Pacific Oceania retains his place in Asia Oceania's own Group 3. The doubles pairing of Guam's Daniel Lorenis and Brett Baudinet from Cook Islands completed the clean sweep, beating their opponents 6-4, 6-3 to end the week on an impressive note. Pacific Oceania finished third of four teams in Pool A, following losses to the host nation Iran and Hong Kong and victory against Turkmenistan. That proved to be the toughest pool, with Iran and Hong Kong beating Syria and Lebanon in the promotion playoffs to earn a place in Group 2 next year while Turkmenistan also defeated Cambodia in their relegation clash. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So... Talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.